time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, listeners. So good to have you back here. It is Monday, October 23rd, 2023, best known as the Monday after the NBA conference. Or is it the Monday that where we saw the 10-year cross over into 5% up and hell, man. It's, there's a lot of pain out there as a result of all this. And we're going to talk a lot about it, but let's get started. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. And we're so grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. We're going to be on YouTube, we're going to be on more expanding. We're on every podcast channel that's out there and we're expanding more and more. So looking forward to creating more options for you to listen to us. Joining me today is my co-host, Mark Helm. Mark, good to have you here, friend. As always, David is standing to be Chase. here. Yeah, it's so good. Let's get into our sponsors. We carefully select our sponsors, Mark, and we're just so grateful to have the best in class group here with us. Let's start off by giving them a shout out. Byte Software, make your ideal loan process come to life with an LOS that does business the way you do business with unlimited custom screens and fields to advance workflow automation you can deploy within your in-house team. Byte gives you total control over your loan process. Also, Finastra, a digitally efficient doc prep company. You can receive, manage, store, retrieve, deliver loan files and electronic documents in a completely paperless environment. They are the largest fintech company in the world, and they have thought leadership that represents where the market's going. You want to pay attention. If you're looking at doing anything in the area of mortgage technology, you want to talk to Finastra and get their thought leadership on what's going on and certainly consider them. Total Expert, a total experience platform, unifies data, marketing, sales, and compliance solutions to produce a cohesive experience across the customer lifecycle. A must-have for people that pay attention to detail and want to be successful in their business. Yeah, and the part I like most about Total Expert is their journeys. They create these customer journeys that are well thought out through artificial intelligence. They use that. It's just such a necessary tool. And I know a lot of people, Mark, are just not wanting to invest in technology. Byte Software is the most affordable LOS on the market. It's great for companies that are starting and getting in the business, but it also is a full enterprise system. Again, we've already talked about Finaster and how strong they are. Total Expert is one of those companies that you can't not be doing business with Total Expert if you're wanting to expand your reach into your consumers. We also have iEmergent. You're going to hear a message from them in just a minute. Also, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Thank you so much, MBA, for the conference you just held and all the leadership you bring to our industry. Also, Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. Both of these are co-ops that are outstanding in letting you get into a much more intimate setting or what's the right word? Intimate, maybe have other connotation, but I think it's not. It's the right word. When you want to get to know what's going on with your competitors, what's working for others, you want to be in more of that uh, setting where you're able to talk in a more intimate way, one-on-one -on -one 
with your comp competition or with those that are your peers. Maybe the word peers might be better than competition. Such a powerful, these two organizations are just so powerful and we're grateful to be members of both of them. Also Knowledge Coop, which is a learning management system and Mobility, MMI and Modex. Again, how can you recruit without tools like them? I just love our sponsors and grateful for them. Let's talk about this past week. We released on Wednesday, October 18th, the episode with National Credit Reporting Services, NCS, as it's also known as, NCS Innovation and FICO Pricing. It's getting a lot of attention and a lot of comments coming back to me and say, Dave, that was really good. We got some updates on the, where the FICO pricing is at. Upcoming this week, Mark, we've got two really good podcast that I'm excited about that we have on Wednesday, October 25th of this week. We've got Tycho Basha and Sarita Battles of Chase. The topic is the Correspondent Community Lending Program. And this is such a powerful interview. I was so impressed with what Chase is doing, Mark, to help with community developing community, especially those communities that really need to get reinvigorated. This is what Chase has developed, has thrown tens of millions of dollars at. It's a program that will allow you to get in listeners and do some lending in areas that your probably company needs to, but also more importantly, that will give you more products to lend and give you a greater advantage in the marketplace. Got to let in fireflies. There we go. We got that done. And then also on Friday, we are planning to release on, let's start that again. Also on Friday, October 27th, we're going to be releasing an interview with Marjorie Willis of Navy Federal Credit Union. I met her at the Empower event last year. It was such a powerful event and a powerful interview. I ran into her in the lunch line and I just immediately connected with her. You're going to enjoy this interview because we're really talking about diversity and inclusion. It talks about what goes on at Empower. It is an motivational, inspirational podcast. So be sure to listen to that on Friday. Also, I want to say a special thank you to our regulars. Mark, we've got some good ones. Abner Sanctus, Les Parker, Matt Graham, David Kittle, Alice Alvey, and Alan Pollock. Thank you to all of them for their contributions each and every week. So let's get started with this week's Mortgage Minute from the NBA with Adam DeSanctis. <laughs> Hi, I'm Adam DeSanctis. This is the Mortgage Minute, the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Late on Friday, the federal bank regulatory agencies announced that they will extend until January 16, 2024, the comment period on their so-called endgame proposed rules to complete U.S. regulators' implementation of the Basel III standards. In addition, the Federal Reserve Board announced it will collect data from covered banks in order to conduct an impact analysis of the rule. As you know, NBA strongly opposes certain provisions of the proposal that would undermine mortgage credit availability and has explained with lawmakers on Capitol Hill, regulators, and in the media about how the proposed rule could affect the economy, single-family housing market, and commercial real estate finance markets. NBA has also called out the lack of any rigorous impact analysis in the proposed rule. While the delayed comment period deadline is nice, NBA believes that stakeholders should have the opportunity to comment on the announced impact assessment and again on the rule once the report is released. NBA is working with members and other industry stakeholders to formulate its response on the proposal with a focus on outlining the numerous negative impacts it would have on the housing finance ecosystem. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. 
Thanks, Adam, for the update. Listeners, be sure to download the Mortgage Action Alliance app, a.k.a. the MAW app, so you can join in supporting MBA's efforts on the Hill in D.C. And you don't have to be a member of MBA to participate, even though you should be a member to support our industry. Absolutely, Mark. I agree with that. Now let's get over to Les Parker and the TM Spotlight with this week's macro view of the markets. Mr. Parker, what do you have for us today? Oh, bully bearish. TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Oh, bully bearish. How were we supposed to know? The bully bears had the Fed in its corner, but now Chairman Powell says the higher for longer is predicated on data. Signs of the economy faltering will send bears to the exit and let the bulls school the bears. Will Powell take his last shot at tightening come November 1st? A final tightening suggests recession sooner and longer. Either way, tightening is over. Give bulls the sign. Hit it maybe one more time. These views are mine. Prepare for the alarm at tmspotlight.com. Again, Mark, Les just packed so much into that message. We're really hoping he's right. He is still holding that rates are going to drop before the end of the year. We're going to be recording an interview with he, Doug Duncan, Adam Coinis, and we're looking forward to that interview coming up. Mark, you and I are going to try to get that scheduled, hopefully this week or next week at the latest. We'll be airing that out. But you can sign up for Les's TM Spotlight newsletter and get the paid version for free by using the code word power for power seller. And you'll get the daily paid newsletter for free. Compliments of power seller and Les Parker, of course. Okay. It's time for the Kelk update. Let's listen to the latest that they have for us from our friends at Kelk. I was all set to dive into the intricacies of the bond market, treasuries, and the federal reserve, but instead I want to talk about MBA's annual conference in Philadelphia. You see, I missed last year's conference and the feedback I received about the mood was a bit gloomy, to say the least. Given the current state of the market, I walked into this year's conference with a sense of apprehension, fearing that the atmosphere might be similarly somber. But let me tell you, I'm happy to report that my concerns were completely unfounded. What I encountered at this year's conference left me more energized and ready to tackle the challenges ahead. I found a community of individuals who are not just engaged, but wholly committed to collaborating and partnering to chart a course through these turbulent waters. It's perhaps no surprise, as many of these seasoned professionals have weathered economic downturns before. And what struck me most during this MBA was the realization how truly blessed I've been. I've had the privilege to work alongside exceptional individuals and collaborate with remarkable companies. At times, it felt less like an industry conference and more like a heartwarming family reunion. Until next time, stay inspired, stay curious, and stay connected. I'm Dan Muggy, and that's this week's Calc Mortgage Minute. Matt Graham, founder and CEO of MBS Live, is here with his market update. Matt, what you got for us today? This is Matt Graham with the MBS Live market update. This is for the week ending Friday, October 20th, and it was not a great week for the bond market. Things started off in somewhat decent territory, although Monday did move higher in yield relative to the previous Friday. That has been a fairly common pattern in October where certain Friday afternoons have been uh, better than 
Thursday as traders have squared positions heading into the weekend. And then the following Monday, we have seen yields move higher as traders get back in the market, reshorting bonds. Uh, in last week's case, it really wasn't until Tuesday's retail sales data came out that bonds really started selling aggressively. Retail sales crushed expectations coming in at 0.7% versus a forecast of 0.3. And the previous month's reading was revised up to 0.8 from 0.6. Beyond the headline, the internal components of the report, such as the control group, which strips out autos, gas, building supplies, was also much higher than expected and actually painted an even more economically upbeat picture than the headline itself. All told, it was sort of a resounding confirmation that uh, the economy, at the very least, is more resilient than some people expect. At the same time, there are Fed speakers and uh, other voices in the media that are saying the economy is weaker than the data suggests. So we have the Fed on one hand saying uh, the policy rate is sufficiently restrictive to do what's needed. Things are a little bit weaker than the data suggests. Our contacts out in the business community are giving us reports of those sorts of things. So that is leading the market to price in a very stable trajectory for the Fed funds rate. And that means that uh, policy expectations are instead priced via long-term bonds, thus putting upward pressure on longer-term yields and uh, helping the yield curve uninvert or move back up toward more historically normal levels. Now at uh, just negative 21.7 bips as of this morning, whereas it had been over 100 bips inverted during this cycle. That momentum toward Higher yields continued throughout the week and didn't really recover until Friday. There were no outstanding reasons for that. Um, I think the acceleration toward the weakest levels of the week on Thursday followed uh, Fed Chair Powell's comments that sort of reiterated that higher for longer um, mentality that I was just speaking to. The rally on Friday, uh, at first glance, seemed like it was the second straight day of traders buying the dip at 5% and getting back in the market. And uh, if you talk to financial advisors or anybody that has the chance to invest or to manage their own investments that have anything to do with the bond market, you might hear opinions or talk about allocating more toward bonds as 10-year yields are around 5%, or you might see cases being made for that being uh, a better thing to move more money into. And so if that sentiment is broad-based enough, then it can create the sort of support that we've seen recently. Heading into the current week, the overnight session was weaker and yields were actually at 5.02 at first. And uh, that was not necessarily able to be tied to any overt, obvious motivation. Some would suggest that overnight news out of Japan regarding potential yield curve control measures, again, uh, was the motivation, but it doesn't line up perfectly with the movement we saw, and it could simply be an extension of last week's trend and uh, traders getting back in the market after closing out positions last Friday. That's much ado about nothing, uh, however, because shortly into the domestic session, we had a strong stint of bond buying that is bringing yields below 49 and below Friday's and Thursday's levels, and even below Wednesday's close. And uh, it's uh, we might have to give some credit to a tweet from Bill Ackman saying he's closing 
his short positions in bonds. We might have to give some credit to some other news that's making the rounds about the highest auto delinquencies in uh, quite a long time, and that being evidence of cracks in the broader economy. Uh, either way, we'll take it. You know, it could just be as simple as another day with traders buying the dip at 5%. Um, in any event, it will be economic data, even if it's anecdotal economic data that isn't part of an official report, like the auto delinquency news that's going around, that drives where we go from here. It's totally possible for rates to continue higher above 5%. This could just be the market consolidating uh, these past few days around 5%, but we won't really know what it's going to do on any sort of sustained or bigger picture basis until we see how the balance of data comes in. To that end, we're really waiting on next week, next Friday, to some extent next Wednesday, because we will get a chance to hear from the Fed. We know they're not hiking rates at Wednesday's meeting, but uh, Fed Chair Powell's press conference may shed additional light on their line of thinking that was not necessarily shared in his appearance last week. Um, not one of the more hotly anticipated Fed announcement events, but it could be important nonetheless. More important will be the data that arrives at the end of the week with non-farm payrolls on Friday. And that's the one that has a chance to sort of push back against the exceptionally strong jobs report seen last time. So if it does that, it will really reinforce the ceiling vibes that we've seen recently. And if it doesn't do that and say NFP comes in over 300K again and the unemployment rate holds steady or ticks down, then uh, we probably will have some more risk, if not outright endorsement of a break above 5%, depending on where we're at going into that report, because a lot can happen between now and then. Geopolitical risks are still a thing, but uh, throughout all of it, the, the phrase of data dependency and the notion of the bond market being data dependent is still a very valid one. That's going to do it for this week. Back to you. Thanks, Matt. A lot of information in that. Be sure to sign up for mbslive.net. If you haven't already done so, you will be fortunate to do it, especially in these volatile markets. Use the LOL code to get an extended trial period without having to put in a credit card. You'll want to sign up for it regardless. Any thoughts on that as we listen to that, Mark, Alice? I've always loved to get your feedback. And when you listen to that kind of market data, it's like, yeah. Jobs report stronger than normal. Let's start off with you, Alice. I just, I found it fascinating. Hopefully my sound's okay here, Dave. It's coming yeah, through it okay? Something come through great. Okay, good. All right, just, I love how Matt is always digging into the rumors, right? So when you listen to his report, you can hear him. Okay, here's what's going on in the rumor mill about China. He digs into the background. He's got reasonable commentary that is also factually based. So I think what's so crazy for me is that we're looking for negative economic data. I know. Right? <laughs> we're all still hoping, okay, we need it to be bad news. So we're reassured that rates won't get knocked back up again. It's just an unusual place that we're in today for housing. Yeah, well, that's the mortgage market. If we celebrate bad news because we know what it does for interest rates it pushes us rates down so it is true it's one of those things it's a little on the what's the right word to say on that a little mixed yeah we're celebrating bad news we're wanting bad news there's been too much good yeah. so here's to not so great news on friday when <laughs> comes out. let's cheer cheer for grad but for bad yeah. news <laughs> yeah. mark you any thoughts you want to have I did that well, I, I think I, when I listen to him, I always dissect everything he says, and it, his points are so well taken. And I listened back to some of the previous podcasts to see what he said and see how things turn out. And he's 
usually right on target. And I think he gives us the fairest approach we've ever seen to what's happening out there. And you've got to read between the lines a little bit of what happened in our economy, and really a lot here recently. But I think Matt gives us an outstanding summary every week of where we are. And it really has educated me over the past year to really understand what's happening in our economy today. Thank you, Matt. Check out MBS Live Net for up to nanosecond updates. Use the sign-up code LOL and get on extended trial period without having to put in your credit card number. Information well worth listening to and well worth utilizing. Yeah, I have that right behind me at all times. Anyone's on a call with me, they see the MBS Live screens right behind me, Mark. It is such a powerful, so much information crammed in there. Very good. Now let's listen to the latest update today from John Maynill of iEmergent. Thanks, David. By now, we've learned that iEmergent's purchase mortgage forecasts give lenders geo-targeting capabilities by neighborhood or census tract and reveal loan officer productivity with the same incredible granularity and accuracy. Mortgage Market Smart now includes detailed contact information for loan officers like personal email addresses, cell numbers, and LinkedIn profile links, making it easy for lenders to reach and recruit the best talent in the specific hotspots they're trying to reach. This functionality is absolutely unique to iEmergent, David. So good to have Alice Alvey joining us, Vice President and Partner Education. I like that word partner because that's how they view all of their people that work there as partners. I love that. Something that Bill Cosgrove came up with. She's uh, responsible for all training there at Union Home and is here to give us the legislative update. Alice, good to have you here. Thanks, Dave. So for my quick update, I've got a few things. VA published a circular regarding the funding fee exemption, and this is an oldie but a goodie. It's interesting to me that they have to keep saying this to people, but there's no excuses now. They have spelled it out in detail. When you're taking an application for a veteran, you need to take the time to find out if they are in the process of being of a claim that will make them exempt from the funding fee. There are too mm. many LOs apparently out there, hence why we all got, when I see a circular like this, I think, okay, we're getting slapped on the hand of, we should have known this. And now they're telling us again, and they're putting it in print very clearly. Make sure you ask that question because there's no such thing as I want to hurry up and close this loan. And then you go get your funding fee refund later because the payment is set. Now the vet that's in the loan, their monthly payment is set with the funding fee rolled in. And we don't want to be overcharging our veterans. So folks, please take the time. Make sure you understand the circular. Make sure you're asking the question always. Don't just assume if the certificate of eligibility doesn't reference that their uh, funding fee can be waived, that the vet doesn't meet one of the criteria. You still need to ask that question in every single interview. Do you by chance have a claim pending for compensation that may make you exempt from having to pay the funding fee? Let's do that for our veterans. So I'm just making a shout out for that. HUD also published a mortgagee letter on accessory dwelling units. And just a reminder for everybody, that is a newer thing to be able to not only include it in uh, a 203K loan, but also be able to include the rent for qualifying. USDA also had a handbook update. And two things I want to point out from USDA's handbook is that you really now have to take a look at housing payment check and NS. NSFs. Those are two old school underwriting criteria that a lot of people just didn't pay attention to with automated underwriting. We know those things don't get looked at. Um, so we really just um, want to make sure that people are aware that's part of the qualifying criteria. Last but not least, Dave, is House Bill 5733. 
This was introduced. It's trying to get grant money for nonprofits who build housing units and other government entities. It would be for building one to four units. And you would think, Alice, why aren't you in favor of grant money for housing? I am all about, we have got to fix housing. But individual grant programs like this that just funnel money to a nonprofit is not the answer. There's a larger strategy that's needed. You need bigger solutions. This is just sending money to one group that will build one house at a time and not have a large impact. And so what we really need to do is really get the lending industry rally behind Mark Jones and really get some from the MBA and get some housing initiatives going that'll be meaningful, including some send the money to FHA, make sure they get the programs they need fixes that need to be done to their programs to make them more viable for programs that exist for everyone. I get it. We have a housing supply shortage, but one-off grant programs like this is not the solution. So that's more of a message to Congress folks who think if I propose a bill, it gets somewhere, not something like that. It's not going to make a difference. That's my two cents on housing, Dave. That's good. That's That's really good, Alice. And I think I agree with you. I've heard more people comment on that piece of proposed legislation than anything else, Alice. And it's really interesting to me that we have some of the folks out there thinking that's a good idea. So great. I'm glad you raised that up. And again, it's legislation that is pending that we need to comment on. And do you know where the MBA is landing in on this, Alice, off the top of your head? I don't. You know, when the bills are in these early stages, it's not really worth it for them to spend the time on it. It's literally just introduced in September. So until it starts to get to committee and gets formulated and they start to see what's going on, then it's worth their time and attention. But for me, it was just a chance to start putting the conversation on the table for our listeners. Yep. Good. Excellent. Thank you, Alice. Appreciate it so much. I really appreciate that report, especially that particular topic. Very good. Alan Pollock is here with an update on what's going on in mortgage technology. Alan, good to have you and appreciate you dialing in. Hey, good to be here as always. So lots of good stuff, David. I wasn't able to be here last week due to my visit over at NBA National. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. It was an interesting conference. I spoke to a few people and the thought was it's either the vendor room was really big. And so it looked like (laughs) it was emptier than it was. We all know that, right? Not everyone just browses around the the, the expo room. Uh, And a lot of people are there for meetings. I went to many buildings and and visited some of those buildings in Philly are just absolutely beautiful. David, I went into the Freemasonry building, one of the first ones Uh I was in during uh, my visit there. What just an absolutely beautiful building. But anyways, a lot of very good, very positive, productive type of meetings. I felt that the right folks that wanted to be there were there for a reason. I felt there was good attendance. A lot of people were there just for meetings, so they weren't partaking in the conference itself, as we know that happened. But I didn't feel that there was, it was overall a negative feeling. I didn't feel that people thought the market is crashing or they're never going to close another deal or anything like that. I, I felt like most folks were very positive. So I just wanted to start off with that. That's if you good. felt different or you felt the same, you want to share something, reach out to David and I would love to hear your, your feedback. Yeah. We heard there was a lot of resumes being floated around. A lot of people anticipating or are out of work and looking for work. And that is certainly going on, especially that, that goes on at every one of these markets where we're in a significant downturn such as we are. So, yeah, but anyway, 
What did you hear there? What did you hear or that you could share with us today? A lot of great stuff. One thing in particular is it was the same as what some people felt like they had the same feeling from MBA from the digital mortgage conference. And some of those thoughts, David, are obviously we know applications are at 27 or 30 year lows, right? They're low. It doesn't mean that people aren't buying homes and we're not closing deals. The volume is lower. We know that loan, the cost of loans are still extremely high. We know that some lenders are losing money, so they're dipping into their reserves, which if you remember years ago, Andy Shell, right? Remember he used to tell people how, right. to, how to manage the treasure chest for times like this. So if, for those folks that truly do practice that, you're dipping into the treasure chest, but you're building and, and pivoting for what's to come, which we all know everything that goes down will come up. And that's my non-professional market view of the industry. <laughs> uh, we know there's market consolidation, David. Clearly, people are talking about that. And we know efficiencies are still really big. We know folks, they, they don't want to hire extra people to continue to make things go away. Everyone's looking at automation. Everyone has a lot of vendors. So if you can find one vendor that does everything you need, it may be the top things you need, but not everything, right? So maybe I should revise what I mean when I say everything. Or if you can find the, you may have a lot of overhead with your vendors. If you can find the right vendors or focus on the ones that will give you the most efficiency moving forward. You need to be focusing on that. And overall, David, that was really the feeling. It's, we got to invest in tech. We got to start getting ready. We, we don't want, when the market turns around, we don't want to go out and start hiring hundreds of people again. So lenders need to adjust. They need to put people in the right seats and, and to scale. Look at your tech partners. Look for the right technology. That's what a lot of the tech companies are focused on. And obviously, retaining existing relationships, a lot of people were talking about. I can tell you, David, walking through the hall, the expo room, I did notice there's a lot of vendors that do a little bit of the same thing, right? So maybe there'll be some more consolidation on the tech side, or maybe there's a different way that folks should be marketing, but there was a number of solutions that looked very similar. Not so, the differentiation so you, you expect. Data security continues to be a big deal. If you remember, I told you a friend of mine works for the company that took care of the MGM fiasco that happened. So I actually saw him yesterday. We are going to be planning on getting our recording done. Hopefully this oh, good. Week. I've uh, got Good. some really interesting things. He had to get some approvals, but some really interesting things to share. And they told me some more things that clearly are just so disturbing about about the dark web and how information sold. And he said mortgage is obviously big, but credit cards and social security theft and everything is just, you have no idea how bad it is out there. Hey, if any of your kids, anyone listening, want to get into and they're analytical, they definitely want to get into data for it. There, there's just great money there and there's a crazy amount of opportunity. And AI is still is still getting in there too. So let's go into a couple other things, David. Some news that I noticed around the market. DPA talking about technology. You can integrate it to a pl your own platform. You can ask your vendors to integrate it. But down payment resources. So DPR is the name of the company. DPA is down payment assistance. They just highlighted 42 Native American home buyer assistance programs in honor of Native American Heritage Month. Now this is really a big deal. There's over 2,000 U.S. home buyer assistance programs. You integrate their really? tech or you use their tech, you can, yes, you can easily get access to this. There are all different ways to structure deals and to help borrowers understand that they can get assistance. So you want to take a look at that. Again, the company is Down Payment Resources, DPR. David, I thought this was very interesting. Finlocker. So they just had a new partnership with a company. They're basically creating a seamless home buyer or calling it home buyer to homeowner experience. 
and it's with another solution that they're working with. Let's see if I have the name of that solution here. It's called Milestone. So Milestone's joined forces with FinLocker. And by the way, if you haven't recently seen anything from FinLocker, you can go on the internet. They have, it's actually on LinkedIn. They have a full demo of their platform and they talk about how they can white label it. So just go over to their company page and click on their post and you can see what they've been up to. But hats off to Brian and the folks over there. Definitely some progress forward on things that are definitely well needed. I thought this was interesting. A friend of the program here, David, Tim Anderson, he's the president over the mortgage division at Evolve Mortgage Solutions yes. or services, I should say. He said that Alta, A-L-T-A, just published their digital closing study and found that the top five benefits were decreased closing times, including time saved from signing and reviewing documents in advance. And then he mentioned things like cost savings from digital documents as opposed to paper. We know this, but not enough people are doing it. And some people are doing a hybrid where it's some paper, some digital, and some people are confused. So if you're looking to focus on truly a great experience and retention post-close, consider obviously the full digital experience that maybe that's an area you want to focus more of your time and effort on. And if anyone wants to talk to Tim Anderson, he's been around for a long time. Feel free to reach out to him. David, get this, talking about AI and mortgage. ITPT has had a number of updates. Uh, a lot of us use it every day. Some people don't use it in a practical way, right? You may go over, have it type you an email. You may give it a contract. There's a service called Ask Your PDF. You basically upload a PDF, and then you can chat with your PDF or chat with GPT, and you can ask it all kinds of crazy questions. Get this, they just released what they call GPT images. This is going to blow your mind if you haven't heard about it already. You can take a picture of what's in your refrigerator and you can say, give me a bunch of recipes and it will upload the picture. You can do it on your phone. It will automatically give you recipes. It'll give you a shopping list. It'll give you all the measurements for your ingredients on what to cook, including if you want it to connect to certain services, like uh, I think it's DoorDash, it'll automatically go and even place items in your cart if these things are missing. It's absolutely wild. It's a plug-in. And there's other plugins you can go if you're on the computer, you can do the plugins. If you're on your mobile phone, you can't do the plugin. But you can also upload a picture of an app and you can say, write me the code for this app. And so people are playing with this and there's all kinds of things coming out. So if you haven't tested out GPT images, definitely want to do that. And then David, I said I every week I would give something on GPT. So get this. I actually have two more quick things. I'll make them brief. It's called AIPRM for chat GPT. All right. AIPRM. It's hundreds, if not thousands of prompts. It's an entire library. And if you've used GPT, you can just go in and ask it. Tell me how to build technology that will allow me to write marketing emails, right? And it'll give you a list, but you have to really create the persona of who GPT needs to be. And you need to create the environment and the guardrails of where you want it to communicate research and think. And so that's where prompts come in. So if you haven't looked into prompts on using AI, Go check it out, AIPRM. Test out a couple prompts. You'll be blown away. And then the last thing, David, I thought this was really interesting for the folks thinking of ideas, the, the curation of our brains. This is a startup. Get this. They reimagined the local handyman. The home service industry, first, let me tell you, they think is worth $500 billion. And they create, it's called Honey Homes. They have full staff, full salaried handymen. And you can go and sign up. It's $29.50 for the year, or you can pay about, about $300 a month. And you get a dedicated handyman that can come to your house. There's no extra charges. And he can do things such as caulking, grouting, patching, touch-ups, hang your TVs, furniture, you name it. All Minor electrical and plumbing jobs, all built into the monthly cost. So and that's clearly, $300, you know, someone's in a, $300 a month? Cool. 
Yes, $300 a month. And no additional cost. Oh my gosh, that is one that I'm going <laughs> to be checking out. Yeah, so they've raised like $8 homes? million dollars or so. Yeah, Honey Homes. I don't, they're not all over the country yet. They're looking to expand. I believe Texas or Dallas is in one of their areas. That's, if you're that's looking a to partner with a company, you're looking to learn more. Yeah, yeah Alice. Honey homes, honey yeah, homes. Alice. The, my favorite one is so far is taking a picture on your refrigerator and says, "What can I cook out of a meal yeah. that's in here?" That's the one that gets my attention. I'm going, "Dang!" Or create a shopping list. My wife does all of that for the most time, unless she's with the grandkids. Now we have two yeah. grandkids. We're soon to have two grandkids. This hopefully this week. Uh, congrats! So, it finally it, happened. It hasn't. We're happy. It's supposed to have happened today, so it looks like uh, it's going to happen literally any day. Right. It, it's she's going to be induced tomorrow if it doesn't. But anyway, the point of it is I'm batching it. I love these kind of things. Alice, when you hear that, how does that hit you? Oh, there, funny because my brain goes straight to, okay, how can I use that in mortgage banking, right? What can I take a picture of and have it do something uh -huh. for me? So I'm still working on yeah. that. And I was going to ask you, Alan, if you saw a lot of that type of uh, more, I think, uh, OCR technology advancements. Uh, was that something that you saw lenders yeah. focusing on or vendors to, because you really need that with the AI to extract the information. And that's a lot of my background, Alice. So it was interesting to see there are so many vendors that are now processing digital or physical documents into digital and processing rules and identifying defects a lot in the back in the older days with, and I'm going back like two years, because we all joke that mortgage is like dog years, right? Like one year, seven years. So let's go back 14 years. OCR and rules, it was a lot of, yes, technologies out there. Some international companies have great tech to extract a lot of great data, and they had different ways to do it. And then obviously, we have a lot of rules in our industry to identify pre-underwrite rules. What is the true quality of a loan before you spend a lot of time on it? Can you use automated workflow to send the loan based on what you've extracted, exactly like you're asking, Alice? to the right people, right? The most expensive underwriters should be on the harder deals and the junior folks should be on the, the easier deals. So anyways, yeah, I, I did notice there were a lot of vendors I've not heard of that are doing this. It seems to be that these folks have found a need and some of them have some relationships. We'll see that continue. There's a company out there right now, Alice, called Data Squirrel. And there's about three or four of these, another AI company, datasquirrel.ai. And what you do is you can upload your data. So imagine taking a whole bunch of things about a loan, updating all your data or your loan portfolio with data points that you've extracted off certain documents. Data Squirrel will automatically build BI screens for you and you can chat and interact with your data. And you can say, hey, I'd really like to understand my LTV across FICO where I'm between a $300,000 and $600,000 loan amount. And boom, it just makes the chart for you. This wow. tech, getting data, reading documents and making it usable, and what AI can do is great. And one thing I'll say, a lot of companies want to use AI. They don't know what to do. How do you truly implement it into your business? And what's the data security around it? The CFPB already put something out about data security. Implementing AI is going to be costly because it has to be done the right way. But the benefit in the long run is going to be huge. Hopefully that answers your question, Alice. It does. Thank you. Yeah, you covered the OCR piece. And I think that is now gaining a lot of competition. A lot more people are in it. Now we just got to get the same yeah. level of seasoning or maturity behind the AI piece. That's the best when way to put it. Yep. Yeah. When I was looking at what your comment, Alice, the GPT images that you were talking about, Alan, when you can look at a PDF and have the GPT images, look at the PDF, and then you can ask questions about what's in there. Is it, Did I hear you correctly? Yes. 
Yeah, it's called. It's a plugin that's inside of ChatGPT. As long as you you pay for GPT four, it's about twenty yep. bucks a month. A yep. lot of people pay. You can. It's called Ask Your PDF, and they have a website that you go to and you upload your PDF. Of course, I put the warning out there. Be careful of what you're uploading. And then yep. once it's on their server, you get a unique ID and you go right into Chat at GPT and you say, Hey, about this document, paste the ID. I've got a lot of questions about data security, X, Y, and Z. Even legal documents, you can say, am I protected? But remember, when you do, you can easily just ask questions. You want to prompt the GPT to be somebody. Like you are an expert attorney. You're well-versed in creating uh, so, contracts yeah. for the mortgage technology industry. Some prompts, David, are thousands of characters long because you're creating a persona and you're instructing GPT on what to do. And so okay. you'll get a much better response out of GPT of what you're looking for. So if you're interested in knowing more about GPT, by the way, reach out to David or I. Tons and tons of great things out there. And yet mm -hmm. a lot of things, it's so easy just to test out, but how to implement them into your business becomes something a little more tricky. Yeah. Alice, I don't know if yet you've done the Ask Alice conversion over, but there's some tools that you can leverage and you can create your Ask Alice GPT and easily bring that to life. I want to see the avatar. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that offline, Alan. There's so Absolutely. many. It, 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 the world of technology is exploding at such an extraordinary rate. It's very yeah. exciting. A little and scary, but really David, exciting. The other, the other thing, I was going to talk to you about this today. Sorry to interrupt you. I thought you were done. No. But I know we use Fireflies as our note taker. So what we're going to yes. be able to do is actually converse and create a chatbot online where people can ask questions or say, hey, was there an episode where we talked about mortgage rates going over 10%. Sorry to freak anyone out, but just using an example. And all of our show notes are now all available to be part of a chatbot or a library or any way wow. we want to sort. Instead of the average way we sort our podcasts, where it's just a giant list by date, imagine being able to say, I'm looking for content about down payment assistance. And boom, it instantly brings up eight podcasts over the last 10 years that we talked about down payment assistance. <laughs> oh, yeah. so we can go, what was Les's prediction yes. or whatever? Yes. The topic. <laughs> we should, yeah. I love it. That's amazing. This we is could been... talk all day long. There's so many cool things. Oh, there's, there's so we, much. These are things. Now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much, Alan, for being here. You want to get a hold of Alan? It's A-L-L-E-N at TMS-advisors.com. Again, Alan is the COO for our good friends over at Candid. And it's a great company. It's another technology you need to check out. Thank you so much, Alan. Appreciate you being here. Have a great rest of your day, friend. You bet. Thank you. Mark, you got any thoughts on loan servicing the agencies, GSEs, as a result of the conference? I know you've been having more and more calls. The you know, Fannie and Freddie, things are pretty much status quo. They're still taking applications. But Jenny May is another story altogether, Mark, and you know that painfully well. I think I mentioned in our podcast last week that I had access to a report that showed how many people had received Jenny May approvals in the last 18 months to two years, and it was very bleak at best. The consulting world is slowed down, as it always does, relative to uh, rates rising and profitability somewhat going down, et cetera. But things are starting to pick up again, and we're starting to get some individuals interested in Fannie and Fr Freddie approval and also a couple with getting into the more the... Um, banker role from broker and get it going after their FHA approvals and uh, VA approvals. So we have some work on the front on that. I've been doing a lot of work recently because I think it's something that people really haven't been paying attention to 
as much as they should. And what I've done, I put together a cheat sheet that I printed on a flag background. You can tell I'm Mr. Patriotic. And I'm at a conference right now, getting ready to start the Reverse Mortgage Lending Conference in Nashville, Tennessee at 115 today. And I'll be having meetings with people about this because what I've done is I'm trying to focus more on our servicing business. As production gets weaker and we don't make as much money in that side, we need to focus on lowering our cost in servicing and getting the best of our portfolio and portfolio retention. So I've come up with a list of about 20 of my best examples of things that most people could do that they don't do and wanting to share those with people and show how to do implementation because it's about preserving our portfolio today because you really can't replace it in new production. And it's about doing things quicker, better, faster for our clients. And it doesn't involve necessarily outsourcing. In fact, I'm getting ready to publish a paper put together this past weekend on outsourcing and why you got to be very careful at what you do in non-domestic outsourcing, especially if you're not careful, you can ruin your customer service. been working on that too. So I got some words of wisdom I want to share. And, and David and I've talked about it. I'm going to start sharing more of these tidbits as we go in weekly in more detail. But I wanted to lay the stage for the next few weeks that I'll be able to share some things, which is I think you'll find enlightening in the world of servicing. And they're good for you if you are a servicer, and they're good for you if you're thinking about being a servicer. Because if you're going to do it, thank you, David. Love it. Good. Thank you, Mark. All right, listeners, that wraps it up for this week's mortgage update. So glad to have you here with us. Appreciate you listening in. I want to say a special thank you again to Adam, Les, Matt, David, Alice, Alan, and Mark for their contributions. And a special thank you to each one of our sponsors, Byte Software, Finastra, Total Expert, iEmergent, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, Mobility, MMI, and Modex. Check out all these websites. Check out all of our advertisers on our website, Lick It on Lending, under the subheading Advertisers on the menu bar. We appreciate you. Share this podcast with others. We have grown as a result of this podcast getting shared amongst your community. So thank you so much, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.